0: Ah, yes. uh, My Kentucky home. Yes, indeed. We'll be hearing that uh, a little bit later as we get close to post time as we welcome you to Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. Brian Colzio with you. And the Kentucky Derby Show is back. We're super pumped to be on site here, on the air, live inside 34 Rush, Thurman Thomas' Sports Bar. And uh, it's great to be with you here. The Triple Crown, something that uh, I've done for many years on WGR, and, uh, of course, we know COVID shut some things down, including our live remotes here at Batavia Downs Gaming. But we're back. It's great. It's Derby Day. It's the first Saturday in May. And uh, we're here live on WGR over the course of the next three hours. Brian Colzio with you. Thanks for joining us. Ryan Hasenauer, the Director of Marketing from Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. You just heard him there in a moment. Uh, he'll be joining me throughout the afternoon as well. He'll be uh, joining me here on this first segment and then uh, also at times throughout each hour to give you insight on what's going on at Churchill Downs as well as uh, his picks and also uh, how you can enjoy the day, too, as uh, there's uh, lots of good stuff going on here. But coming up on the show, I mentioned Ryan will be with us here in in just a moment. uh, But other things going on in the sports world. Busy sports day. NHL playoffs are going on on the big screen right behind me. Florida and Washington going at it. They're 1-1 after 1. Uh, We'll keep you posted on those games throughout. Uh, Josh will have scoreboards, as he just did there. Uh, Paul Hamilton at 3 o'clock... Amherst just advanced. That's exciting. And uh, his thoughts on the Stanley Cup playoffs. So we'll have that coming up. Speaking of playoffs, the Bandits are in the playoffs. 2.45, Dave Buchanan, who uh, is always a part of the radio broadcast. He's going to come on to tell us about tonight's game, which is at KeyBank Center. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Don Hoover, the general manager of Live Racing, at 4.30ish or so to give us his picks uh, here from Batavia Downs on what he thinks about will happen today at the Kentucky Derby and also a really cool thing happening in western New York if you don't know about it uh, of course high school football a big deal in western New York but there's high school girls football now so we're going to speak with an athletic director later in the show too for a few minutes just about girls flag football now a varsity sport in New York State that's happening and just has started this past week so a few minutes on that if you don't know about it I think it's a really cool story and I wanted to uh, give some love to those that uh, have made it happen so all that and more coming up here as we roll on uh, from Batavia Downs Gaming, we're inside 34 Rush. Brian Colzio with you, and now to my right, well-dressed. If you want to check <laughs> it out on Twitter, I uh, just sent out a tweet at Brian WGR, Wearing a full yellow suit with red roses and horseshoes. Indeed. Ryan has an hour from Batavia Downs Gaming. Ryan, that suit is awesome.
1: It's the best, and I got to tell you, Brian, I'm so excited that remotes are back. Big thanks to everybody over at uh, Odyssey, Tim and Ross and Bridget and Alan, everybody that made this happen. We really appreciate uh, you guys uh, being uh, here, and of course, you know our success, Batavia Downs' success, and Western RDB success, is uh, part and part to what WGR does and uh, and advertising on your stations. Having you guys out here for these live remotes. Um, just thank you guys so much for being here so I'm just excited you guys are back for sure
0: yes thanks Ryan we're excited to be here and uh, the place is rocking because it's derby day indeed and we haven't been here as we said since 2019
1: right for a live derby right you, you know we've had derby uh, events here in uh, late 2020 and in 2021 but of course they were a little bit uh, you know smaller uh, due to the restrictions and the rules and all the other good stuff but we're we're full of Full bore today man. It's it's uh, three parties. There's it's rocking here. It's great.
0: And of course the derby itself as the sports world did had to shut down uh, early in mid 2020 there and then picked itself back up and then less people in, in attendance last year but now back in full at Churchill Downs. Yep. It's going to be great here for the 148th running.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's a good and it's a good wide open field too Brian. I think a lot of people will tell you that and you'll see this if you go back through the last couple years of Derby uh, results, You'll see that it's very much chalk. You know, it's a lot of favorites winning. Um, and, of course, you've got some controversy. Two years ago, you had the one horse, the, you know, get disqualified. And then last year, the horse was kicked out several months after the race was done. So, um, you know, certainly there's uh, some excitement and things are being looked at here at the at the Derby.
0: I, w- I want to start with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I know that you and I spoke actually this morning on Tee to Green when I was out at uh, Attica's. 10th hole and golf club thanks to everybody by the way not too far from here right 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 up the road really cool nine hole course if you ever played it check it out uh we we talked about the fact that usually when people go to bet ryan sometimes they'll look at the trainer's name that they recognize and that's bob baffert right well last year with medina spirit ended up winning and another win for baffert however as you said later disqualified so a no baffert showing this week correct
1: correct in a sense. Basically, <laughs> there was two horses that were in the Baffert barn, and then, you know, however long ago, a couple of weeks, couple of months ago, uh, those uh, horses got transferred over to one of Baffert's former apprentices, and they're being trained by a gentleman named Tim Yactine. Uh, he's got the number six Messier and the number 12 Taiba, uh, and both of those are uh, ridden by famous jockeys. John Velasquez is on the uh, number six Messier and, of course, Hall of Fame jockey Mike Smith over there on Taiba. So... You've got two horses that were in Baffert's barn, and now they're not technically, but they are <laughs> racing today. So, uh, so we'll see what happens with those guys. I'll be using at least one of them in my in my bets today. That's for sure.
0: All right. So Baffert had a, a we'll we'll say a piece in the in the training, but sure. not, he's not going to be on camera if one of his horses wins today. <laughs> no, no, definitely not. I wouldn't be
1: surprised if they put him uh, put some stock footage of him up there at some point, but I don't think he's even allowed at the track. So
0: is he now?
1: considered a villain in the horse racing industry? I even think maybe some people would consider him a villain before this. You know, it's kind of like one of those things where, and I hate to make this, you know... Uh, equation, but kind of like the Patriots, right? Where it's just like they're so darn good and they win all the time. You're like, oh, I just don't like those guys.
0: And well, Bob Baffert and Robert Kraft have some uh, some similar <laughs> <Sure>. characteristics, right? <laughs> Absolutely. They, they they they've got the fancy, expensive suits and the, and the uh, squeaky clean gray hair, right? Right, right silver yes. hair, looking good. <laughs> so both,
1: yeah. So I guess you can make that parallel uh, when it comes to uh, look at him as the kind of the quote unquote villain of. Uh, of horse racing but
0: what ultimately yeah. happened with that last year just to keep up just to refresh everybody like why was the horse disqualified it was it was due to it what was, was the word again i forget
1: it's uh benzo something or yeah. I don't know the details off the top of my head it was so long ago but basically it was uh, like a, a topical medication that was put on the horse, which was not illegal to put on the horse after the race, but it was illegal to put on the horse before the race, and he tested positive for it after the race, but somebody could say, well, he got it after the race, and it was this whole back and forth. And, of course, you know, it's not like he doesn't have a history of doing other things, possibly, uh, Mr. Baffert. So I think it was one of those things where the Kentucky uh, Board of Horse Racing, you know, was like, look it, this is the straw that broke the camel's back, so to speak. And uh, we've got to make some moves. We've got to put some discipline out there to let people know that we're not messing around here. That's and, right. Uh, you know, we, we have to take our rules and regulations seriously. So they made an example out of them. But.
0: Well, I think with with all sports now, as betting has come forefront with all sports, legalized even in New York State now, Indeed. that there any shadiness like with the amount of money that's involved with sports leagues and obviously the horse racing industry, like they want to get everything out front here and be like, look, we are running a clean sport in all these facets here because There's too much money involved right now.
1: Right. I I was banging the drum for this in all the years that I would come on with you and Joe and Greg and everybody who has, uh, you know, the litany and the uh, the amazing list of former WGR people that have worked these uh, Triple Crown events. You know, we talked about how I used to drive to Canada to bet on sports, and I couldn't make the bets here in New York State. And it was always just like, guys, you understand that by bringing the money into the light, you can identify where there are abnormal betting patterns. If all of a sudden two college teams are playing each other, and one team is definitely, like, a 10-point favorite. But a ton of money comes in on the dog, like an inordinate amount of money. Well, the sports books will literally let the NCAA know. I can't remember if it's on Netflix or um, Hulu, but I watched a great documentary. I think it's only about maybe 45 minutes to an hour long about the uh, point-shaving scandal at Arizona State. And, oh, man, is that, a great, is that a great watch. And they got caught because they were screwing around with, you know um, – well they got caught because the guy that like one of the college guys like bought a brand new car and he couldn't yeah. afford a new car on campus in Arizona state so people started looking into that but um it's uh you know it's just one of those things where i think if if the money was in the light the whole time you can understand that it's it's not going to get to the point where Games are getting fixed. You know, you want to make sure that you're taking a look at those things, and I and I think that's a, a great move by all the folks involved. Whether it's the horse racing or sports betting, we want to make sure that the money's in the light and that uh, you know there's no uh, shenanigans behind the scenes.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Ryan Hasen, with the director of marketing here at Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel, joining me, Brian Coziel our Kentucky Derby show live and on the air here inside 34 Rush, and uh, we'll be with you till five o'clock on WGR post time scheduled for six fifty seven. Uh, on the tv side if you want to watch it today it is on nbc but on usa uh, right now already the coverage has started uh, if you're looking to watch that so of course there are other races going on ryan's going to keep his eye on that and uh, report back throughout the afternoon on maybe what we're learning about but all right we we talked about last year we talked about some of the rules and regulations we talked about fans being back full capacity all that good stuff so now the storylines in terms of the race itself today, Ryan. The weather looks good. I guess that's always something we look at.
1: And to be for this, it was a little bit touch and go there, Brian. Uh, there was some big, heavy thunderstorms in the area of Louisville last night. They were afraid that the Oaks race was going to end up being into, uh, you know, a sloppy track. It ended up not being that way, thankfully. But uh, you know, obviously, there. Uh, it looks like it's pretty clear here today. There was maybe a little bit of rain overnight, but everything seems fast and firm this morning. So.
0: What does that mean in terms of horses that you may like more or not like more? Is that play into it?
1: Yeah, you know, if it's going to be super sloppy out, then you're going to really throw out the deep closers, the horses that really like to hang at the way back and then make that move late. But in reality, deep closers don't do well in the derby anyway, and when you've got a lead in the derby and you're kicking up a lot of dirt and mud when it's a sloppy track, um, those horses that are stalking or are trying to close, they're not going to have a good time. You know, the jockey, I don't know if you guys have ever seen, but sometimes the jockeys will have four and five pairs of goggles on, and when the first pair gets covered with enough muck, they'll literally put it on top of their head. And they'll, like, Just during keep the race, them up. keep yeah. flipping their, their uh, goggles up there. So um, I don't expect them to have to do that today, uh, but uh, certainly it's something that's happened in the past. I expect there to be, you know, a couple horses that are going to be running towards the front. Like always, there's a couple horses that they're going to take their shot early. They're going to try to stay up front. And they're going to try to lead it wire to wire. And then you've got some of these really good horses. They're going to try to stalk that lead and make that late turn around the one-mile mark. Uh, of course, it's a mile and a quarter. So that last um, you know quarter of a mile is, is that last turn in the long straightaway. So uh, you'll see a lot of jostling. Really, Brian, it doesn't come down to the best horse. It just it comes down to which horse has the best trip. You've got to avoid traffic. And it's a 20-horse field. The number 20 horse, by the way, was scratched. And uh, the 21 horse did uh, fill in. So you can scratch Ethereal Road. Out of your programs there, and if you get your free programs at your OTB, your easy bets today, or here at Potavia Downs, you can put in number 21, Rich Strike. So he'll be racing today.
0: All right. And again, I know we say it every year, but I always think it's worth doing. This is the first of three of what they call the Triple Crown. Right. Two weeks from now, we'll have the Preakness Stakes in Maryland. Correct. And then three weeks from then is the Belmont in New York City.
1: That's right. That's what
0: makes up the Triple Crown.
1: Right. So uh, as I just said that at Belmont and Elmont uh, is where the Belmont Stakes is, of course. Uh, I believe Belmont's racing today, and I want to even say that uh, the Maryland Jockey Club is racing today. I don't know if they're at Pimlico, if they're somewhere else, but we've got live racing uh, from all different tracks across the United States. You can wager those uh, on those today here in the days leading up, or sorry, the hours leading up to the race. Thirty-four Rush is the place to be. Uh, we're going to have some sampling from four different uh, spirits and beers. They're going to be here today. Uh, Deep Eddie's going to be here from three to five here in uh, the, the Labatt Blue Zone at 34 Rush, inside a Park Place, which is where you can make your wager. Uh, we've got the $30 Batavia Downs uh, Superfecta deal. Going to get yourself some pulled pork or some chicken from our friends at Center Street Smokehouse. They got their truck here, they're a food truck. You get 20 bucks back in free play for a $30 purchase along with that lunch, and you get a $5 wager on the Derby, which is pretty nice. And then upstairs, which is the super awesome uh, party where people will be dressed like myself with the big hats and the cool uh, suits. That's our Derby Gala, which is going to be $1.30. There's still tickets available. You can buy them at the store uh, in the lobby here at Petavia Downs. And you're going to get 60 bucks back in free play. You're going to get a full open bar. You're going to get uh, the buffet. You're going to get all kinds of great stuff. So all that's going to be going on uh, this afternoon. That opens up at 4. The, the Park Place room is open now, so come on down. There's already like 50, 75 people in there watching the early races, uh, enjoying themselves. So it's a great day here at Patavia Downs.
0: The Derby itself is a $3 million purse, and it covers one and a quarter miles. And out of the three Triple Crown races, in terms of its length, it's in the middle. Right, Ryan?
1: Right, because the Preakness is next uh, in two weeks, and that is the shortest at a mile and three sixteenths. And then the Belmont is the test of the champion. It's a mile and a
0: half. Yeah, the longest one. I, every, uh, I saw some clips of Secretariat a few days ago, and they said, oh, on this date back in was it nineteen seventy nine? No, three. three. Uh, seventy three. 73, for 73 That's yes, right. Yep. Nineteen seventy three. Uh, look what Secretariat did at Churchill Downs, and <laughs> he was just off unbelievable to yeah. set a history of still right. I mean, when you when you say greatest horse race ever, that's the it's still the answer, right?
1: When it's, greatest race horses of all time, I would I would say Secretariat's got to be up there. Um, you know, obviously with the modern horses now, they're a little bit bigger than even those horses were in terms of the breeding, so that helps them become bigger and stronger, but uh, Yeah, Secretary is an absolute legend. You know, at his autopsy, they said he had a heart four times as big as a normal horse's heart. So that's a lot of of pumping, a lot of pumping, a lot of oxygen through that body as he uh, wowed this crowds.
0: And then I remember seeing the footage of him at the Belmont, where it ended up, of course, where he ended up finishing the deal on the Triple Crown. And just it, it was it was to the point of almost jaw dropping, Ryan, of how far away a longer race, obviously a. A chance to pull away more, but sure, sure. of how many lengths he ended up winning by in that final leg of the tr- to complete the triple crown, it was so impressive.
1: Oh my goodness! He won by twenty something lengths. It was just, it was unbelievable. So yeah, one of the best, that's for sure.
0: Okay, uh, I know we're going to have you back in about an hour. Right. We're going to go through the entire field. Yes. But before we let you go here, um, why don't we talk about options in terms of how to make wagers today?
1: Yes. So. Uh, If you want to stay home, you know, perhaps you're uh, quarantining or you just need to, you know, just stay away from people today. BataviaBets.com is, of course, your option. Just go to BataviaBets.com, get yourself an account, fund your account a myriad of different ways, and then uh, deposit and then make your wager. The nice thing about Batavia Bets is as you make your bets and you kind of click in the boxes where the horses are, you can see how much money you're spending. So it's not a surprise necessarily at the end. Um, As far as making other bets... You just need to go ahead and visit your local OTB branch or EasyBet. You can go to westernotb.com uh, and click on the locations button to see the location near you. Something to really press upon everybody, of course, is uh, you know there's a lot less branches out there than there used to be. So uh, if you're expecting to drive over to the Delaware branch or perhaps the McKinley branch, they're not there anymore. Uh, so you got to take a, take a look at uh, Western OTB's website to find out where the local OTB and EasyBets are that are open. So you can visit River Road. You can visit the Clinton branch. Of course, the legendary champions at Worley, where Brian and I saw Rex Ryan make his wagers one year. That's right. Uh, Came up
0: in the Bills truck. <laughs> he did. Right?
1: That was unbelievable. So uh, you can uh, <laughs> check that out, uh, again, on our website. And, uh, you know, we love the folks over there, Lisa and all the folks at Champions doing great work today as they uh, feed everybody over at the Whirly branch. And if you're listening out in Rochester, and you know again, make sure that you're visiting. We have a lot of easy bets in Rochester. A lot of places you can make your wager besides those branches. You visit Hooligans over there by the uh, Grease Ridge Mall. Uh, you know, M's uh, down there in Rondequate near my mom's house. Uh, there's a lot of different places out there you can make a wager. So uh, again, westernotv.com for the location near you, and of course, the crown jewel is right here at Potavia Downs. Come see me. Come to one of our parties. Enjoy yourself. Be inside Thurman's 34 Rush Lavat Blue Zone as we cheer on the biggest the, the uh, Derby on the biggest screen in Genesee County. is going to be screaming at this TV in about uh, four or five hours. It's going to be great.
0: Ryan, they also should just come see you because of your suit, and they I, I assume you you're. You would oblige if someone wanted to take a picture with you with your suit, right? I mean, that's—it's an impressive outfit today.
1: Oh, I appreciate that. You know, last <laughs> year I did take a few photos, and there's no charge. There's no charge here today. Take a photo. Great community myself.
0: service. Not only horse knowledge, yes. horse racing knowledge, but uh,
1: help me feed my ego, please. That's it's right. Great times. <laughs>
0: and come get a mint julep, right? Yeah,
1: mint julep, five bucks. Here. Do they Our still photos? have the glasses available? They, they got the glasses right here at 34 Rush. The Black blue zone. Come on up. Get yourself a mint julep. You'll go home with a commemorative glass. They're very cool. Uh, of course, they're mostly clear, but they got all the different horses on there, along with the purple and the mint green. Uh, that was the logo this year. You can win yourself a mint green T-shirt uh, here at any of our uh, branches, uh, also at the ITW here on site. So you can get entered into various drawings to try to win T-shirts here as well.
0: I still have quite a few of the uh, the glasses in Indeed. my in, that uh, I use for my morning orange juice, and I do like to look back at the year by year to ah, remember that one, remember that one. You know, the, the winners that they have on there. So right. The, the glasses are, are high quality. I've, I've had them for many years. They last long. So.
1: Absolutely. And i got one for you here today. i just got to grab it in my office.
0: Beautiful. <laughs> All right. Excellent. Ryan has an hour. Thank you. We'll check back in with you in about an hour. If there's anything breaking at Churchill Downs, you'll, of course, come uh, right down and let us know.
1: That sounds great, Brian. Appreciate it.
0: All right. Ryan has an hour with us here from Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. All right. We're going to take a break. Uh, more on the Derby throughout here as we're with you till 5. As I said, Ryan's going to join us every hour uh to get you caught up he'll be back in an hour we'll go through the field of the entire derby uh, one through 20 and go through what each horse uh, you need to know about them to make your wagers uh, also coming up dave buchanan at 245 on the bandits playoff game paul hamilton at 305 on the Amherst win last night to advance in the calder cup playoffs we'll have all that and more coming up but this week the bill schedule will be released so next segment, I'm going to tell you what I want to see and what I don't want to see in the bill schedule. If you've got a thought on the bill schedule, what you want to see or what you don't want to see, next segment is open. You can come on board here. 803-0550. 803 uh, 550 is the number. Brian you're live at Batavia Downs. It's our Kentucky Derby Show. Happy to be back with you. We'll be back with more in a moment, right here on WGR.
2: Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. number one top sneaky good draft choice of the 2022 nfl draft according to me when he was drafted by this team i thought oh my god (laughs) james cook and the buffalo bills offense is i I don't know if that's fair I, i don't know if this is fair as soon as he got drafted by the bills i'm like oh my how many times was i talking about the bills needing a back i don't know if he's got the bell cow like his brother. But he can, he can run, man, and he can be a passing matchup nightmare. The Bills
0: make me wanna
2: kick your heels up nightmare. That's Rich Eisen,
0: NFL on, Network, and his show, and talking about the Bills and the selection of James Cook, the running back in the second round. And I would agree. I think in the passing game, where he says the word nightmare, that's pretty intriguing and I know exciting for fans to think about. Uh, I think Devin Singletary did a really nice job at the end of last season and into the playoffs, but to add what could be a real weapon in the passing game, I think it's going to be a really nice one-two punch between those two, and obviously with Cook's pedigree, with what his brother has done with Minnesota, I think that there's a lot of opportunity here for this Bills offense to take it to another level. I know that they'll have a different receiving core this year. Beasley out, uh, McKenzie may be asked to take on a bigger role. Gabe Davis for sure going to be asked to take on a bigger role. And I bet you Dawson Knox still continues to have to maybe elevate his game to be one of the top tight ends in the NFL. O.J. Howard, of course, was added, too. There's a lot of things to be excited about with this Bills offense. And, of course, Josh Allen. I mean, yeah, he's back at quarterback, so that's a big thing. Brian Colesio back here at Batavia Downs, the casino and hotel. We're inside 34 Rush, Thurman Thomas' Sports Bar. We're sitting Right in front of the big screen, Washington and Florida going at it. You just heard the score there. Capitals up by a score of two to one. Uh, we'll get Paul Hamilton's take on the NHL playoffs and the Amerks advancing at three oh five. That is coming up in just a little bit. But this week, in fact, I believe it's Thursday. They're going to officially announce the NFL schedule. I'm sure leaks will come out over the coming days in front of it, but. The Bills schedule, we know, is something that fans love to talk about. It's a part of people's lives in the fall. If you're a regular goer of the game, season ticket holder, tailgater, all that, you know it's a big thing to plan what your Sundays are going to look like or maybe Thursday nights or maybe Monday nights. And Whether you like the night games or you like the Sundays at 1, I think the Bills schedule this year is going to have a potpourri in terms of a whole big mixed bag of stuff because they are – one of the premier teams now in the league on the field and they also marketability wise are one of the, have the one of the top players in Josh Allen and probably with Von Miller and Stefan Diggs right behind out of out of non quarterbacks if you said, you know, who are the stars in the league, Aaron Donald probably comes to mind right away, but Von Miller and Stefan Diggs, if you you know, name name 10 guys that aren't quarterbacks, that the NFL loves to market. I think those are two Right there, so the Bills throw in Josh Allen with those two. You know they've got some players that are going to create that star power and that attention that the NFL loves to promote. So that schedule is coming out later this week on Thursday. Uh, I know that obviously part of the schedule means where are they going to play, how they who are they going to open up with. I know there's been a lot of discussion about do you want the Bills to be in that home opener, or I'm sorry, to be in that opener on Thursday night, uh, on the road, I should say, in Los Angeles. The Rams are going to have that opening night game on Thursday to raise the Super Bowl banner. Uh, looking at the Rams' schedule, who could they be home against? Well, of course, they have their three divisional opponents, Seattle, San Francisco, and Arizona. And I don't think that any of those three will end up being the choice. The Seahawks, of course, losing Russell Wilson. And this they're not good. Uh, I don't see that happening. Arizona likely without DeAndre Hopkins a suspended 6 games who knows if even Kyler Murray ends up playing for them or does he hold out we know he's got con- they've got contract issues and you know Cardinals Rams was a wild card game last year I don't know necessarily if you're going to have them go at it right again San Francisco could be intriguing as they'll be an opponent twice for the Rams this year uh, but I still don't know if they're at the level of what others could see you know, in terms of the attractiveness. Carolina, no chance. Atlanta, no chance. But the other four that they have this year on the schedule, the Rams at home, you've got the Cowboys. Now, they played last year in that opener on that Thursday night game in Tampa, and Tampa was heavily favored in that game, but it came right down to the final drive, if you remember, uh, with Brady driving them to the win. It was a really, really, uh, really competitive game. So Dallas is always there. We know Dallas, of course, going to get on, get more big TV games than any of them because, well, they're the Cowboys. So that, I would not shut the door on Dallas, even though you'd think they're not going to play two years in a row on the Thursday night opener. At least, you know, that's what kind of common sense would say. But because of the Cowboys, if it was any other NFL team playing two years in a row as the road team, I would say no. But because it's the Dallas Cowboys, I would say maybe. Now, the Raiders are interesting Uh, Las Las Vegas makes the playoffs last year an entertaining team with obviously a big following but now Devontae Adams is there and that adds another big name of star power, I mentioned Diggs and Von Miller well Devontae Adams is probably in that mix he makes his debut, regular season debut with the Raiders that day the only thing that would push me against saying that the Raiders could be there is an argument that I've heard others make and I agree with it, that's why I'm going to make it here too the 49ers and the Raiders are opponents that could have attractive matchups on the field, but the 49ers and the Raiders, of course, with Los Angeles' history uh, in that city with them, when the Raiders were there, um, they, the NFL, I'm guessing, doesn't want that stadium to be filled with 49er fans or filled with Raider fans like we've seen in the past. So is that an image or a look that they want? Maybe not. Maybe they don't care. I mean, 95% of the broadcast is on the field anyway. So maybe that's something that uh, could be a little bit overblown, but maybe that look is something that they don't want. So uh, then who else do you have left? Well, the Broncos play in Los Angeles. Well, I would have said no, but now with Russell Wilson there, that could add some intrigue. And then, of course, the Bills are there. That's the other one. The only argument against that is, is it too good of a matchup? Do they want to save it for later in the season? It really, really is a good matchup uh, with the Bills and the Rams, it in some way pains me to think about that because obviously we were so close from having that as a possible Super Bowl matchup last year. We know all about 13 seconds and what happened at Arrowhead and the Chiefs game. And I know that it would be poor of me to just assume that the Bills were going to beat Cincinnati at home in the AFC Championship, but I still want to just think that they were. And a Bills at Rams matchup would have reminded me of the Super Bowl that I think it probably should have been, and it would have been painful. However, with all that said, the argument there that the Bills could play the Rams on opening night I think is very strong. I think it's as strong as any matchup that the Rams could host. To me, it's probably the Broncos or the Bills I would think would be the highest. I still think Dallas has to be considered because they're Dallas, but I think it's probably down to the Broncos or the Bills. And those are both AFC at NFC opponents, so... Um, that could be done early where you wouldn't think, like, oh, is that a key game in the playoff race that could mean something later on within the conference? No, it's AFC versus NFC for both of them. So I think both of those could work. I hope it's the Broncos in the open. I don't want the Bills on that opening Thursday night. Like, I am so jacked up for the season to start. I'm ready to watch that game regardless of who's in it. Like, for me, I think the Bills are going to get quite a bit of what we consider non-traditional start times. I think they're going to get probably a holiday game, whether it means another game on Christmas or another game on Thanksgiving. There's three there and three there. That's six games. That's 12 teams. Got to think that they're going to want to maybe find a spot for the Bills to go in. But um, I want Sunday at 1 on opening day. I want it at the stadium. I want it to be a beautiful day out in September. To me, then after that, if you want to have home night games, Monday night, Thursday night, Sunday night, fine. But for week one, I want them Sunday at 1 o'clock. I don't want a 4 o'clock game where if you're out at the stadium, then you're missing all the 1 the o'clock stuff. Like I want to soak in everything that's great about opening day of the NFL. So I want the Bills at 1, then I want a great game at 4, and I want a great game at Sunday night and Monday. Like I want to be able to have all these different steps. If the Bills are playing on Sunday at 4.30 or Sunday at 8.30, it's tough to kind of take in the rest if you're obviously a fan that goes out to the stadium, which many of you are. It's it's tougher to kind of enjoy that full-day experience beyond the tailgating, obviously, uh, but the rest of the NFL. So that's I, – I don't want the Bills to be in that opener come uh, week one. If I could pick the opponent for opening day, again, I don't need it to be the Packers coming in. I don't need it to be the Steelers coming in. I want – you know, just – medium level opponent who would i sign up for the jets to me are an interesting opponent they obviously had a very very uh what people are claiming to be a successful draft and i would say they would too that they did as well a lot of big names in there but to me i would sign up for the jets out of the three divisional opponents i think the jets maybe are the most interesting miami with Tyreek Hill being there, could be interesting as well. I just don't want to see New England in here again. I'm sick of that storyline already. The Patriots are not an exciting team to watch, in my opinion. Uh, I'm not at all arguing of win-loss sort of piece of this. I'm looking for kind of intrigue into this opening day. So if it's going to be a divisional opponent, I think I'd vote for the Jets first. Also, you want the Bills to get off to a good start. I think the Bills can handle the Jets, even though I do think that New York will be improved. The other game to me... Uh, Pittsburgh, not as exciting. No Roethlisberger. I know you could say, well, we could revict, uh, you know, he- revenge from last year's Week 1 debacle, but no. The Browns, to me, are, are fun because they're going to be good. They've got Deshaun Watson, but I don't want the opening game to be about Deshaun Watson if it ends up being that he plays in that, because that would be, if if he ends up starting Week 1 for the for the Browns, if there isn't any sort of other off-the-field, that's why I'm, I'm going with here, not that he's not good enough to start. If there's any off-the-field reason why he may be, suspended or something like that where he wouldn't play. I don't want it to be all about Deshaun Watson. So Tennessee, to me, is the other intriguing opponent. Tennessee at home uh, on week one. There's definitely uh, enough spice there. Bills fans, if you said to me, like, which teams do you hate the most? I know New England's going to be number one. I think Tennessee is probably right there for me. Mike Vrabel, just for whatever reason, annoys me. I know people give him a ton of credit for being a good coach. I'll say fine to that i'm not going to argue against it but tennessee does have some good records but uh we thought maybe they were a sham last year and in the first round of the playoffs they in some sense proved that to be so i'd sign up for the jets or the titans sunday at one on a beautiful day out in orchard park that's what i want to see uh for the home opener uh please the weather last year was so bad However the games are scheduled, I know this is not up to the NFL, but can we get a better weather year? It was awful out of the stadium last year, uh, other than maybe the opening day. It was a lot of rain and a lot of wind, which obviously sparked quite a bit of talk about having the stadium be a dome or a retractable roof. Well, we know likely the plan is going to be for what is covered seating bowl, which can help in some of that. The wind definitely can be cut down in that sense, too, so... Uh, anyway, that's what I'm. That's what I'm signing up for. I want that Broncos Rams to be the Thursday night opener, and then I want either the Titans or the Jets in Orchard Park at uh, Sunday at one o'clock for my Bills opener. Schedule will be released, as we said, later this week. Uh, Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, remember, moved over to ESPN. They're going to do Monday Night Football. They're going to appear on Good Morning America to announce what they are saying is the biggest Monday night football matchup of the season and that's on Monday so Monday morning on Good Morning America we're going to find out from Buck and Aikman obviously they're going to promote them being together for Monday Night Football but they're going to let the first of the many leaks that uh, will come out they're going to announce it as they're promoting it as the biggest Monday Night Football matchup so that'll be uh, on Good Morning America on Monday Okay, timeout here from Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel, Kentucky Derby Show rolling on. Ryan hour from Batavia Downs will be joining us uh, after 3.30. But coming up, Bandits playoff game tonight, KeyBank Center. Dave Buchanan, part of the radio broadcast, going to join us next, right here on WGR.
1: Fraser with the ball,
2: down into the Toronto zone from the slot area. Back over to Josh Byrd, he scores!
0: John Gertler, Bandits Radio. Bandits back in action tonight. Playoffs. Yes, got some playoff games down at Keybank Center. And joining me, who regularly is a part of the broadcast team, Dave Buchanan. Of course, you may uh, remember him, longtime voice of WGR's Fast Track. Dave, great to talk to you. How are you?
2: Brian Cobiel, my longtime friend. There's my dog chiming dog in as well here. Uh, Good to talk to you once again.
0: Absolutely. Dave and I have spent many nights together doing uh, Sabres broadcast. Dave produced for many years as well. So, Dave, you have to be excited that uh, the pain of watching all those games you and I did together, that maybe the Sabres are actually turning the corner a little here.
2: You know what? It's great having hockey being fun again. Uh, I really enjoyed (laughs) the the second half of this past season, watching the games at home, even going to a few games. I went to the... uh, the the, uh, w- uh, the outdoor game in Hamilton, I had a blast at that. Uh, so, yeah, it was uh, hockey hasn't been fun for me in about 10 years, so it was good to enjoy some Sabres games this season.
0: Absolutely. Well, of course, we brought you on to talk about the Bandits playoffs tonight, and I know that <clears throat> as we're watching the Stanley Cup playoffs or the NBA playoffs or even the Amherst, these are best-of series. Well, tonight the Bandits have to be ready, right, because this is just one game they lose, Dave, it's done, right?
2: Yeah, this first round is tricky. It's a one and done in this opening round before they move on to the best of three conference finals. But first, got to beat a very good Albany Firewolves team that played this team pretty well in both of their matchups earlier this season. And Albany's riding a three-game winning streak while the Bandits have lost three of their last four despite finishing first in the NLL East this season.
0: Yeah, so the Bandits, of course, have had such a great year, Dave. But what, is, what has happened here over the over the last handful of games, that maybe has caused them to slip back a little. And, and is there a reason to be concerned then about this matchup tonight?
2: Uh, I think I think coming out of the box, I think the Bandits had an advantage at the start of this season. A lot of their players uh, are together here in Buffalo, and they also played together outdoors in the summer. So I think this Bannetts group was real cohesive right out of the box. Whereas a lot of other teams in the league probably had guys that hadn't seen each other in over two years because of the COVID break and everything. So I think to help them at the start of the season, they're a pretty darn good team. I'm not saying they're not a good team. They're a phenomenal team. You know, they score more goals than anybody. They've got the best goaltender in the world in Matt Vince. Uh, I just think the season caught up to them at the end of the year. You know, the the first of these four games they lost against Colorado, they were coming off a stretch of four games in eight nights. So they were a little tired. Uh, a New York team that surprised them at home, that kind of outscored them in a high-scoring game, and uh, and then uh, New York or excuse me, Toronto last week uh, that they, they led five to one, but allowed Toronto to climb back in. Their offense got a little cold in the second half. So I don't think it's one particular reason. I think it's just maybe uh, the season kind of caught up to them here at the end of the year, and I think they're they're going getting refocused for tonight's playoff opener.
0: Well, you mentioned the goaltender. Um, Maybe for those that don't follow the Bandits regularly, Dave, who are some of the names that have had outstanding years and if people are maybe going tonight for the first time even that they should keep an eye out for?
2: Well, it all starts with Dane Smith, number 92, uh, his second best season in his career, 135 points, which was too shy of tying his own single season points record in the National Lacrosse League. He broke the single-season assist record with 94 assists this season. He demolished, I believe, the previous record with 85 and still scored 41 goals as well, too. So the offense flows through the Great Dane, uh, but he's got an amazing cast of characters. Steve Dietrich put together quite an offense for this team, uh, along with his right-hand man, Josh Byrne, number 22, who almost eclipsed 100 points of this season himself. You've got Connor Fields, the uh, Western New York native out there, number five, who was picked up during the draft. Uh, from San Diego in a trade. He scored 30 goals, as did Chase Frazier, who is the maybe the flashiest guy on the team, the one that's always riling up the crowd at Keyback Center. He scored 30 goals, and so did rookie DeHoke and Nanakoke, who is uh, a Native, Native American player, or excuse me, uh, an indigenous player from Canada, Six Nations, I should say. But he grew up uh, with, with the Bandits. He's a former Bandits ball boy. He also scored 30 goals. It's just the second time in league history, first time in 20 years, that a team has had five thirty 30-goal scorers. Uh, on top of that, you got Chris Cloutier and Kyle Buchanan filling out the offense as well, too. So it's, uh, as John Gertle likes to call it, Ocean 7, when it comes to this offense, maybe the best unit in the league. And then behind them on defense, you've got Captain Steve Priolo who leads that back end. Uh, great group of guys, including Matt Spanger and Ian McKay and Kevin Brownell. And backing them up, as I said, the best goaltender in the league, Matt Vince seven-time player of the year, all-time saves leader, uh, both in the regular season and the postseason. He's a former champion of this league. So this roster is pretty stacked. Like I said, they just need to get – got to get refocused here for this postseason run.
0: Yeah, so it does sound like, obviously, still favorites going in despite losing three of the last four. All right, Dave, what about the details? Just game time uh, for those that want to go or, or can't go. How can they watch or listen?
2: Yeah, game's at 7.30 tonight. Key Bank Center tickets are still available, although I think we're still expecting somewhere north of 10,000 uh, at Key Bank Center or Bandit Land, as we like to call it. So uh, game gets going at 7.30. We're going to be down the dial on the Bet 1520. 20 uh, John Gertler, Steve Bermel, and myself between the benches. Pre-game is at 7 o'clock. Or you can tune us in on ESPN Plus or Hulu uh, and watch the game from home streaming as well, too. Uh, the league has done a phenomenal job this year with their new uh, meteorites package with ESPN Plus, all the games on their home and away, and in Canada, too, streaming on TSN Plus or, or whatever they call it in, in Canada, TSN streaming service as well, uh, and we're on in the Albany local market even. But uh, it's great have it, being able to watch every game in the league on ESPN Plus and bounce it around. So if you don't go to KeyBank Center, I urge that you should. It's a great time, but you can also watch it right there.
0: Yep. Dave, we'll be listening for you tonight. Have a great call, and uh, thanks for coming on to give us a little info on the Bandits' playoffs and the, their game tonight.
2: Good to talk to you, Brian. Uh, say hi to Ryan from OTB and Batavia Downs for me. He's a great guy, fellow Medall College graduate, and enjoy the derby later today, my friend.
0: I will. Thanks, Dave. See ya. All right, Dave Buchanan, he'll be a part of the Bandits' playoff broadcast tonight, as he said, down on the bet, fifteen twenty, 20 7 from KeyBank Center, and it's... As he said, a winner-take-all. The first round of the uh, National Lacrosse League playoffs is just one and done. So the winner will get Toronto in the best-of-three conference finals. That uh, will be coming up. Okay, timeout here. When we come back, more playoff talk. The Amherst have advanced out of their opening round. Paul Hamilton coming up on that. Uh, also the NHL playoffs. And the Sabres head there season-ending press conferences this week with Don Granado and GM Kevin Adams. So we'll get Paul's take on what went on with that as we roll on here from our Kentucky Derby show from Batavia Downs Gaming and Hotel. Inside 34 Rush, I'm Brian Colzio, Hour number two coming up right after this on WGR.